Well, friends, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 6. You'll find it on page 1,699 in the Bible in the pew in front of you. Now, friends, uh, how many of you are familiar with the story of Louis Zamperini? Louis Zamperini, raise your hands if you know his name. I wasn't familiar with him until about a couple weeks ago. Louis Zamperini was an Olympic runner who competed for the United States in the 1936 Berlin Olympic Games in the 5,000 meter race. I don't even know how, many, how long 5,000 meters is. Isn't it like a mile and a half or something like that? How many? 3.1 3. miles. I was off. See, I can't even do math. 3.1 mile race. Now, while Louis was indeed a very accomplished and talented runner, in fact, many professionals thought that he was going to be the first human ever in history to clock a sub four minute mile time. He was fast. While he was known to be an accomplished and talented runner, what he's probably more notably known as is a POW survivor from World War II. You see, just as the U.S. was entering the war, Louis Zamperini, along with a lot of other young men, were drafted into the military, and he was drafted as a bombardier in the Army Air Corps. Now, during his time in combat, Louis and the crew of his B-24 Liberator took part in many successful combat missions that struck critical Japanese targets within the Pacific Theater. And as dangerous as these combat missions were, it was actually while performing a search and rescue mission over the Pacific Ocean that the plane that Louis was in ended up having a mechanical malfunction and crashed into the Pacific Ocean. And only three crew members survived that crash. And then subsequently, only two of them, the pilot and Louis, survived the ordeal. 20, it was the over, it might have been like over 40 days in a survival raft during that period of time. It was a long time. Now, the critically acclaimed book, Unbroken, who was written by Laura Hildebrand, which was also turned into a major motion picture, it details the tragedies and the trials that Louis Zamperini faced while lost at sea. It's pretty crazy at what they had to endure, attacks by sharks, being strafed by a Japanese bomber, um, uh, a, not a, what do they call those in the, um, it's not a tsunami. Typhoon, thank you, a typhoon. Uh, They not only survived all of that, but they were actually captured and interned as POWs in several Japanese concentration camps uh, during the world, World War II. Now, suffice to say that Louis Zamperini faced some of the most horrific, greatest horrors and tortures than any person could ever suffer at the hands of a sadistic and morally bankrupt captors. And there was this one guy in particular who was named The Bird who had a grudge, an axe to grind against Louis for whatever reason, and so Louis became the target of this man. And let me tell you, as I read this book, to be honest, 
as I was reading it, I became furious over the cruelty and malice and hate, demonic treatment of another human being. I was so frustrated that I wanted to jump in the book and start swinging. I'll be, can I be completely honest? I know I'm supposed to be a peacemaker, right? I wanted to go in and just inflict some righteous judgment and righteous justice. But then, I continued to read about Louis's life after he was rescued. After he gained his freedom from such horrors. And let me tell you, friends, as you read the story, it's a little blip. If you, it's over 400 pages, and, and the part of Louis's story that I think is most significant covers maybe 10 pages and that's when the Holy Spirit got a grip of Louis's heart at one of Billy Graham's crusades. And let me tell you, it was, it's a heart of transformation, Holy Spirit transformation that takes place. You see, until this point where God got a grip of his heart, Louis's sole purpose in life was to find the man who tormented and kill him. But once God got a grip of his heart, he was flooded with forgiveness. Man, friends, let me tell you, it is an awesome story about what we, what can happen to a man or to a woman when the Holy Spirit comes in and is allowed to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Friends, today we're going to read another story we're continuing our sermon series, Beyond VeggieTales. We're going from Old Testament to New Testament. And we're going to look at a story that may not be as familiar in Sunday school. Honestly, I don't know if there's a flannelgram equivalent to this. I don't know if Bob and Larry um, have showed us this story. But it's a story that I grew up with particular. Not just because I share the same name as our character in the story today. But it was one that I grew up just being in awe of. And we're going to look at the man, Stephen today, spelled much cooler than mine. And what we're going to do as we read this story is, is we're going to discover what it looks like in another individual's life to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what we're going to do is we're going to look at some of those lessons that we can learn, some of the things that God wants to bring to our lives when we allow ourselves to be filled with his Spirit. Amen? Friends, would you please stand with me as we read we're going to start in Acts chapter 6, verse 1. We stand as a way of honoring God's word. He's preserved it for us. He wants you and I to read the story of Stephen because it has much impact for our lives today. Now, I'll tell you, we're going to read some chapters. Sandy, I will pause you, okay? And then we're going to, I'm going to give a, a summary because it covers an, almost an entire chapter, and then we'll pick the story back up. So we're going to read the text we're going to pause, do a summary of what follows, and then we'll pick the story back up from the text. Just follow along with me. I hope it makes sense. And the verses will also be up on the screen. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. In those days when the number of the disciples were increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against their Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God 
in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Friends, we're going to pause for a minute. What happens in Stephen's life is that he gets falsely accused. Falsely accused of saying degrading things against the Jewish faith. And so he's brought before the religious leaders to give a defense for these accusations leveled against him. Sounds like someone else, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Now, what Stephen does is he takes almost the entire, uh, entirety of chapter 7 to give a chronological uh, recon- um, memory of the Jewish history and specifically how God called Father Abraham to an unknown place and chose him to make his name great amongst the peoples and how God raised up the Uh, 12 tribes of Israel, and then brought Moses to deliver them. And then he goes through and says, the prophets always called us back to God, back to God. And then he says, with power and passion, he even sent the Christ whom you crucified. And so what we see in chapter 7, a demonstration of wisdom and power and knowledge of God's story, of what God has been doing through humanity to bring us all to a place of salvation through his love. And so we pick up Stephen's response and the reaction of the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin in chapter 7, verse 54, just a couple pages over. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, that is Stephen's defense and Stephen's right accusation, when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. Friends, I just want to make a pause for a moment. And whenever you read that phrase, gnashed their teeth at him, we have to understand that something spiritual is going on. That phrase, gnashed their teeth at him, is described of demons and the demonic and any attempt to overthrow the spirit of God. And so friends, whether they're possessed by a spirit or not, the enemy, Satan, the accuser, the one who hates your very existence is trying 
to do something against the story of God and against God's goodness for us human. Verse 55, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. This is the third time we've heard that Stephen is full of the Holy Spirit. Looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Not like in Portland, with rocks. Some of you got that. Okay, I want to... Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. We'll look at him next week. But verse 59 and 60, these are critical, crucial for us to understand the type of man Stephen was. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. It's interesting. There's so many parallels to the story of Jesus Christ, is there not? And what we find is Stephen, even at the point where he knows his life is about to leave him, he says the same things that Jesus says on the cross. Does he not? He says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. That's similar to when Jesus said, Father, it is finished. And he gives up his spirit. And what we see then is we see that just like Jesus asked God to to forgive the insults that were being hurled against him while he was dying on the cross, Stephen also asked God, do not hold this sin against them. Friends, I think the big idea behind this, and if you're taking notes, write this down. God desires, God wants you to be full of his spirit. He wants you to be full of his spirit. We're told in scriptures to be filled with the spirit of God, right? The idea behind this is not just a one-time event. But it's an action that recurs repeatedly in the life of the person who has chosen to follow Jesus. And we see this in the life of Stephen. We're told three times he is a man full of the Holy Spirit. Friends, the only way we are going to be successful in this life is to be full of the Holy Spirit. And friends, this is so important to God that it's the same description of Jesus Christ. Before he started his public ministry, During his baptism, he becomes filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's only able to do the things that he was able to do because he surrendered completely to the Holy Spirit and had constant connection, communion, fillings with this same Spirit. And we see the same thing said of Stephen. 
The only reason why I think he was able to go through that persecution and to respond to the persecution with grace and forgiveness was because of the Holy Spirit that filled him. Friends, have I made my point clear? We need to be full of the Spirit. Would you say that's true of you today? Or would you say it's been a while since you've been filled with the Spirit? Where you've sensed God's power and His presence within you in a mighty way. Now friends, if God wants us to be full of His Spirit, let's look at that what comes to the man or woman of God that receives this filling of His Spirit. If you're taking notes, what I see from the text is this. Being full of the Holy Spirit brings power. Being full of the Holy Spirit brings power. We are told in Acts chapter 6, verse 7, excuse me, chapter, uh, verse 8, that Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Stephen was doing some really cool and awesome things. I imagine that Stephen was probably praying over people and they were being healed. I imagine Stephen that he was praying over people who had addictions and habits and hang-ups and they were delivered. When we see this, this phrase, wonders and signs, our mind gets transported back to the things that Jesus did when he was here on this earth and the things that the apostles did on this earth. When was the last time God did a wonder and a sign through you? Now I say this holding up a mirror to me and I say, oh Lord, when was the last time you performed a sign and wonder. And it's interesting, as I even say this, I'm reminded of what Paul said. When he, Paul went preaching, he, he, he wasn't the most persuasive individual. Like when we think of the Apostle Paul, we think of like, well, better than Billy Graham, right? I mean, Paul transformed the world, Right? He went everywhere preaching Christ. But Paul would say of himself, I didn't come with, to you with eloquence. I didn't come to you with neat speeches. I came to you with power. I came to you with power, preaching the power of Christ in an individual. Friends, I'm wondering about your life and I'm wondering about my life. And why it is that we don't see powerful things happening. Why we don't see them happening externally to our neighbors, to our friends, to our coworkers, to our city, to our world. But I also wonder why we don't see power happening inside of us. Could it be because we're not filled with the Holy Spirit. 
We have the Holy Spirit. I want to make sure I go on record as saying, when you said yes to Jesus Christ and you asked him to forgive you of your sins, he deposits his Holy Spirit within you. So that when all of us leave this place, it's not like God pulls out a Murphy bed and hangs out here. He goes with you wherever you go. You are the temple of God. His spirit lives within you. But I'm wondering, why is it that we don't experience more power for life in our lives? And it's because we're living off of old filling. Someone once said this, that we are like a sieve, sieve, a colander, a strainer. We're like that. That's what our lives are like. We have holes, do we not? And we leak. Do we not? Some of you are like, I leak more. <laughs> Friends, we leak. We, I, I think we leak the Holy Spirit when we forget to spend time with Jesus, when we willingly choose to do other things and spend time with Jesus. Friends, we leak. I want to also say this, though, and this comes from directly from our text. While we're not told of the types of wonders and signs that Stephen was doing, we do see a demonstration of God's power in another way. And it, it reminds me, it took me back to Joshua. As Moses is passing the mantle of leadership onto him and Moses dies, God calls Joshua to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. And in Joshua 1, 8 and 9, he says to Joshua, in essence, in summary, be strong and courageous. Meditate on my word day and night. Let it be on your lips so that you may know the way to go and you will not depart from it to the right or to the left. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Friends, boldness and courage is a part of the power that the Holy Spirit wants to give you when he fills you. So much so that you could declare the story of God, be arrested, and say, Father, forgive them. Friends, how much is the story of God in you? Now, I'm amazed that Stephen wasn't like... Now, friends, if you'll turn to the scroll of Isaiah, and if you go to this Hebrew word, let me tell you that it's in the past parative interpret, whatever. He doesn't go to the Greek. He doesn't go to the Hebrew. He doesn't get all academic. He tells the story of God. That means you don't have to have a seminary background to be able to tell God's story with power. Amen? Amen. Amen. When, when someone comes to you and they ask you for the hope that you have, you don't have to worry about performance. You don't have to worry about trying to figure out the formula and make sure you got it all right. But if you know the story of the God and the Holy Spirit is filling with you, he'll let you boldly, with courage, declare it in the same way that Stephen declared it. Friends, perhaps you struggle with being timid and shy and sharing your faith. Perhaps you struggle with the story of God because your time and your attention is elsewhere. Friends, I've often said that the last thing in a person's life that is saved, that is given over to God, is their wallet. You can tell a lot about a person by how they spend their money, okay? You can tell a lot about me if you saw how I spent my money. 
You can also tell a lot about a person about how they calendar their time. And the question I have to ask myself and the question I have to ask you is, how much time are you spending with Jesus in your week? If you're spending more time on your fantasy football roster, okay, that was for me. If you're spending more time in a hobby, if you're spending more time in a pastime on entertainment, on checking out, then perhaps the reason why you don't experience power in your life, perhaps the reason why you don't experience the Holy Spirit filling you again in your life is because you're too distracted. It's because you're too distracted. Friends, one of the blessings that comes with being filled with the Holy Spirit is that it brings power. Secondly, is that being full of the Holy Spirit brings wisdom. And we see this in Stephen's wonderful defense of his... If you go back and just read what Stephen says to the Sanhedrin, it's so powerful and so full of wisdom. It is amazing. And it, it's not like he has all the details filled in, right? He doesn't even talk about King David. He doesn't even talk about the judges. He doesn't talk about the Levitical laws. He doesn't talk about a lot of things. But he's full with the wisdom that counts. When it comes to defending his faith, he knows the story of God. He knows the story of God. And it comes across in the way he defends his faith. And also we're told of him in chapter 6, verse 3. Brothers and sisters, the disciples are telling us, choose seven men among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. And the amazing thing is as as Stephen is exercising this God-given wisdom, we're told that the family of God grew. Right? An example that you're filled with the wisdom that comes from God is you're seeing people's lives changed. It's pretty neat. I, I was um, out at uh, Scott Air Force Base. I was at a, a dorm dinner. It was a Tuesday night. And I'm just having this conversation at the end of the dorm with this young airman. And all of a sudden, she just starts breaking down. I'm like, okay, Lord, what am I supposed to do here, right? And I, we, we go to a, a private area in this dorm, and we just start talking. I'm just, Holy Spirit, what do I need to say to this young gal to help her? And I just, whatever time I had, I shared a little bit of God's story with her. And I'm confident that God's gonna do something with that little bit of story in her life. And here's the amazing thing, friends. We're told in James that if any of us lacks wisdom, we're to ask God and he'll give it to us. And when we're asked to defend our faith, we don't have to be clever. We don't have to be eloquent. We don't have to be a great orator. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit Spirit and the Holy Spirit will give us the words that we need to say. And the only way you're going to have that type of wisdom is spending time in God's word and by being filled with the Holy Spirit because you start listening to his prompting and you start acting upon those promptings. Friends, how much of the story of God is in you? How much of it do you know? 
One of the reasons why we're doing Beyond VeggieTales is to take these old time stories, become familiar with them again, so that God may use them to help us personally in our life, but also to be able to allow God to use that story through us to help others in their lives. So friends, another reason why I think, or another benefit, uh, an outpouring, a demonstration of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that we are given wisdom. The Holy Spirit brings wisdom. Friends, the final one today is that being full of the Holy Spirit brings forgiveness. Brings forgiveness. Again, I want to go back to the story of Louis Zamperini and my own attitude. I was ticked. I was angry. I was frustrated. How could another human treat another human this way? And when I read about what the Holy Spirit did to Louis and how Louis was pros- Louis had an argument with the Holy Spirit as he was being saved. It was awesome. He's like arguing with God. No, I don't want to walk down the aisle. And the Holy Spirit was like, but you said you would do this. And seeing how that transformed his heart and his life. And seeing our Lord and Savior do it is even greater, is it not? On how full of the Holy Spirit he was and while he's dying and people are hurling insults on him, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Friends, I don't know where you're at with your relationships with people. Perhaps there's an enemy that you haven't been able to forgive. Perhaps that enemy is called spouse. Perhaps that enemy is called son or daughter. Perhaps that enemy is called pastor. Perhaps that enemy is really an enemy. They just hate your existence for whatever reason. I've had someone like that in my life and seeing God do something amazing has been awesome. But friends, I want to ask you, do you find it hard to forgive? Are you finding that forgiveness is not easy for you? Could it be because you're trying to do it in your own strength? Could it be because you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you with his presence, because I tell you, with the Holy Spirit comes forgiveness. Comes forgiveness. Friends, if you're struggling with someone who has hurt you, I want to challenge you to ask for the Spirit to fill you again. Friends, if you're finding that you struggle with sharing your faith, you struggle with your relationship with God, I want to encourage you to ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you again. And friends, if you're struggling because you feel like your relationship with God is anything but powerful, maybe you would even use the word boring. Friends, I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you again. Now, how does this work? First, like I just said, you ask, you ask. Holy Spirit, fill me with your presence. Again, there's been multiple times in my life where I've had to ask, Holy Spirit, I need a fresh filling of you. I need to feel you because my life is lacking anything of power. It's not 
wise and full of understanding. And God, I also am finding myself getting angry with people more and more. These are all emotions that I have experienced. And I know that when I get to that place, it's because I need a fresh experience of the Holy Spirit within me. And so friends, the ask, you have not because you ask not. And then friends, seek. Seek God out through his word. Like God told Joshua, do not let this book of the law, do not let my word depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And friends, while you are asking, seek it out through God's word. And let me tell you, I promise you, he won't let you down. He won't let you down. Amen? Amen. Friends, will you please join me in prayer? Thank you, Holy Spirit. For examples like Stephen, for examples like Louis Zamperini, most importantly for the example we have of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of what it looks like to live out our humanity filled with your spirit. Father, we so often try to do it on our own, in our own strength, in our own will, And we often fall short because, God, you said we can't do this life in our own strength, according to our own will. But we must rely on your Holy Spirit. You have told us in your word to be filled with the Spirit, not a once and for all finished act, but a continual filling. And as people who leak out the Holy Spirit, God, I pray that we would be reminded to seek new times of your Holy Spirit filling us. Holy Spirit, as I pause right now, I ask that you would fill this room right now with your Holy Spirit. You would fill this place right now, your people here in this space with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come upon us in power Come upon us in wisdom and come upon us in grace. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Friends, would you please stand and receive this as your benediction? And I I just want to encourage you, don't leave today without looking at your own life and finding and asking God, God, am I missing your power? Am I missing your wisdom? Am I missing your grace through forgiveness? And if you're weak in any one of those areas, might I submit it's because you need a new experience of the Holy Spirit filling you, filling you. And if that's the case, then I want to ask you, I want to beseech you to go to the Lord and say, I need your spirit to fill me again. And then take a position of surrender And just allow the Spirit to do whatever the Spirit wants to do in your life. Sometimes we get a little concerned because this might get a little charismatic, right? And we like to have things controlled. We like to have recipes and manuals. And if you're in the military, we call those TOs, technical orders. Friends, the Holy Spirit just wants to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. So friend, may I suggest get out of the way, ask him, 
and seek him through getting in his word and see what the Holy Spirit does in your life. Amen? Receive this as your benediction. May you go being filled with the Holy Spirit. May you go and experience a new filling of the Spirit this week. May your life be filled with demonstrations of power and wisdom and forgiveness because God wants to do all of these things not only in you but through you as well so you can be his light into a world that desperately needs to find their way to him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Friends, go in the love and grace of Jesus Christ.